0: Welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason, and here we delve into those reasons. This week I had a really awesome chat with the writer, director, and star of the new horror thriller, The Artifice Girl, Franklin Rich. We got to chatting about why he fell in love with horror in the first place, how the claustrophobia of lockdown inspired him to start writing the script for The Artifice Girl and the directors who inspired him while he was directing on set. He also told me how he was able to star in a film while simultaneously directing and why it's probably not something he could do again. One last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you to everyone who's already left us a review. It's so appreciated as it really helps people to find us. I think I rambled enough, so let's get into my brief but juicy chat with Franklin Rich. Hey Franklin, how are you doing?
1: doing great thank you so much for having me
0: oh thank you so much for being here i'm so excited to talk to you about your new film the artifice girl which hit streaming in vod this thursday april 27th but first can you tell everyone who's listening a little bit about yourself
1: sure uh, my name is franklin rich uh i'm, I'm a filmmaker i uh, uh i live in jacksonville florida I grew up uh, kind of getting into film at a very young age through stop motion animation, then started making short films with my friends in high school, Uh, started making uh, lots of short films all throughout, uh, in and out of college and uh, in in my spare time. Uh, And then, uh, you know, kind of wanted to, the, the goal was always to eventually make a feature film. and. I was lucky enough to to make uh the Artifice Girl with uh with with my team of people that I had I'd worked with on several other projects. And uh it's been a, a very exciting year uh ever since.
0: Awesome. So the first thing I always ask everyone who comes on is what is your favorite scary movie?
1: <laughs> this is great. I love this question. All right. So uh so 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 I've, I've got too many answers for this. The, the answer <laughs> that I'm gonna go with is uh funny games. Uh oh, wow. The, yeah, that's uh maybe not a conventional answer. I do still maintain though that as uh uh you know kind of uh it, it might be like a, a posh film, you know, artiste answer, but I think it's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Um and that's not to say that I don't love uh classic horror movies like like Halloween and Scream and Alien. Um and I'm a big fan of the the classics like Rosemary's Baby, uh and, and The Shining, obviously, but uh, but funny games to me is a, is a like absolutely terrifying concept and partly because of how grounded it is. Uh, it, it's just something that could happen to anybody. Uh, there's, uh, you know, just being held hostage and psychologically tortured by two, uh, <laughs> very polite <laughs> men in polo shirts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, have you seen the remake?
1: Yeah, that I think I I want to clarify yes the the remake not not the original uh, as much as I, I love the original but I do think that the remake just because it it's uh it, it's definitely more polished uh, I mean and it's it's it was still Mikhail Hanukkah who uh, directed it and he did it shot for shot line for line pretty much exactly the same but Tim Roth and Naomi Watts are incredible as are the other actors in that film so uh yeah I do want to yeah good thank you for clarification though <laughs> I, do, I, I will say that yes the remake
0: Awesome. I haven't seen the original, but I actually own the the remake, and I think I think it's really good. It's really um, <clears throat> um, uncomfortable, and it was it was shot in the town next to mine. So no way, really. Yeah, yeah. So that's fun fact.
1: What? Wait, uh, so where are you located then? Because I'm not sure where it, where it was shot.
0: I'm. <clears throat> um, it was uh shot in a town that's uh, on the no- north shore of Long Island.
1: Oh no, kidding! Long yeah. Island. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, then.
0: yeah. I live in New York City though, so. Gotcha yeah. gotcha. yeah. So how did you first fall in love with the horror genre?
1: Oh man. So, uh, it was a, <laughs> uh, a rocky relationship for, for a while. I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest. I was, uh, as a child, I was terrified of everything. Um, <laughs> I was I was crippled by by fear as a little kid. Um I I was I remember watching Murder on the Orient Express, the original, not not the <laughs> remake with Kenneth Branagh. The original uh I watched at a very very young age and uh I, I couldn't sleep for days for nights uh because of the the scene where everybody comes in and stabs the one guy. Uh, uh so I know that wasn't really a <laughs> horror film, but uh from there I I I had always been very kind of uh, trepidatious around horror films but rediscovered kind of a, an, an affinity and a, and a deep love for them uh as as in a a teenager and adult um yeah I think there is just something about I I love the idea of being able to um to 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 incite a feeling or a sensation that a person has never experienced before and I, that's why I, I love horror films that are uh you know cerebral and uh you know uh psychological um especially you know ones that don't rely heavily on on jump scares ones that can really kind of make you feel a certain way uh just through the the art of of film and the use of uh everything that that medium uh I- involves so uh yeah i, th- I think uh like I'm trying to think of like horror films that really kind of sparked my my interest when, when growing up, but, you know, definitely Rosemary's Baby. Uh, I remember that one kind of just that one I, I loved a lot. Uh, Psycho, uh, some of the Hitchcocks. Um, yeah, the ring. I remember the original ring was was a big one for me too. Uh, that that one kind of blew my mind, I think, and and it was one that I it made me scared, but also I just wanted to watch it again, uh, which which was a, a new sensation.
0: The Japanese version or the American remake?
1: Yeah, the the, the Japanese version. Okay. I, I love the American remake, yeah. and I love Gore Verbinski. Um, but yeah, Ringo, the uh, the original.
0: Nice. One last question. Before we get into talking about uh, The Artifice Girl, why yeah. do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre?
1: <laughs> uh, ooh, yeah, uh, I guess uh, either a catharsis or, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, what's the line from Alice in Wonderland? We're all mad here. Uh, you know, I think, I, you know, I, I feel like horror in is is similar to comedy in, in that it's kind of like a like a cultural safety valve almost. It's a, a way to kind of explore ideas that would otherwise be uncomfortable or uh you know inappropriate to to like talk about in in like the real world and and let's us kind of uh tap into that that curiosity that that maybe um that kind of morbid curiosity uh about those ideas um i think that's it's fascinating it's a it's a great question i love that uh i don't know i think maybe the people that are that seem the most sane and the most perfectly normal are actually maybe the people that are just fighting the most uh the, the most repressed um Troubles or issues or curiosities. I don't know. Everybody that I know that's like a horror aficionado aficionado is like a a genuinely wonderful human being, you know. Um, And I I think too, like Stephen King is is a hilarious guy too. You know, like uh, the the people that are the best at creating horror are also usually the most like, uh, like thoughtful and and pleasant and outgoing people. So it's I don't know. It's interesting
0: so your newest movie the artifice girl will already be out on streaming and vod by the time this comes out and i watched it last week it was so interesting it wasn't at all like i thought it was going to be i sort of thought it would be closer to you know like a megan or a chucky but i was so wrong and in addition to um writing and directing it you were also the protagonist or you know the inventor of the artifice girl if you could call her a girl at all um so for everyone who is listening can you tell them a little bit of, about what the artifice girl is about
1: Sure yeah uh th- th- thank you for this opportunity because I, I I am nervous like about people kind of going in with with the wrong expectation <laughs> but maybe that's a good thing I don't know uh but yeah, so the, the the Artifice Girl is is a um, is a sci-fi thriller um, about a uh, computer program that hunts down online predators, and the the film focuses around the the core three developers who uh, oversee her her evolution, and it gets to the point where she becomes so advanced that it starts to uh, to, to to cause, uh, you know, troublesome problems and and ethical and philosophical and technical uh dilemmas that the programmers then have to face and that's that's all i'll say about it i think it, it obviously goes a little bit further beyond that but i don't want to spoil too much of of uh that, that part of the film it, it takes a lot of unexpected turns and i think uh the best way to go into this film is knowing absolutely li- as as little about it as possible
0: Yeah, trailers always ruin everything. I wish I had seen far (laughs) fewer trailers of Evil Dead Rise before I went in to go see that.
1: Understood, understood. (laughs) I know what you mean.
0: Um, I know that the idea for The Artifice Girl came to you after reading about AI, and then you started writing it actually during the first few months of lockdown in 2020. Was there anything specific about lockdown that inspired you to start writing the
1: script? Absolutely, I think that was that was a huge part of it. Um, I, I, when the lockdown happened and and you have nothing but time uh, to your thoughts, uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to revisit some previous stories that I had kind of like put it put on the side. And and one of the ideas was this idea of a um, predator hunting computer program. I wanted to know what kinds of conversations the developers would have and and discuss what kind of problem. Um, and but but I also knew like there were things that could happen like a hundred years in the future of this story that I would also explore, And so then the the challenge came about, well, how do I explore all of this while still writing a script that could, you know, be something that we could film in a COVID uh, COVID environment, <laughs> you know, like a, a COVID safe set, uh, because I, we had no idea how long this was going to last. And in my mind, it was like, all right, well, let's, Let's try and turn this uh, this this obstacle, this this limitation, as an opportunity for creativity. So, what if the film was one location with uh, three characters? Uh, how do we make that interesting, and uh, how do we make that a, a compelling story?
0: Well, you definitely succeeded, and I have to say, the first scene felt very uncomfortable and claustrophobic for me and. Um, it re- was very reminiscent of the first few months of lockdown when everyone was scared and locked in and didn't know what was going to go on. So, yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, was- that definitely
1: was, was a big part of it. <laughs> the claustrophobia was 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 very important.
0: Yeah. Um, so what was the filming process like and when did you actually film it?
1: So we we began production on Act One, uh, which which we decided to shoot as kind of a proof of concept that we would then use to to raise the funding for... The, uh, the second and third act of the film. Uh, so we began filming in uh, the fall of 2020. Uh, this was after an entire summer of extensive pre-production uh, and planning and, ma- and shot listing, making sure that we knew exactly how we were going to to, to pull this thing off and do it COVID safely. Um, and uh, we, we had lots of rehearsals over Zoom with the cast, which I think was super helpful because this was a very dialogue dense uh, project. Um, and yeah, we, we, uh, began shooting in the fall of 2020. And I think the first act was shot, uh, each act was about five days of production. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was exciting and, and a little terrifying. Um, we, it, even though it seems like a relatively simple kind of setup, it was actually very complicated the way that we had to, uh, make sure that everybody was social distancing and, you know, we had this. Uh, we had this other character that, um, I'll try to keep this relatively spoiler free, but there's a character that appears on a TV screen for a large part of, of the, of the film. And, and we wanted her, uh, to be on the screen and and interacting with the characters in real time. So we had to kind of build a second set and have like a live feed into the, into the room. So there was, there was a lot of kind of complexity to the set, um, and, uh, Yeah, it was an undertaking and a a huge learning experience, but um, I'm very glad that we did all of that pre-production because I think that helped uh, make the the process a lot easier.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask if it was actually a live feed or if it was pre-recorded. So that's that's really interesting. And I'm sure that was super tricky too. so you had uh, some awesome names in the cast, like Lance Hendrickson, who people recognize from Aliens and Terminator. How did you find Tatum Matthew, who plays uh, Cherry? Because she was amazing, especially when her character takes somewhat of a turn.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I, it, it, and it's it's such a great feeling too, working with a legend like Lance and then pairing him up with someone that I, I do feel like I I, I discovered. Uh, I, I met Tatum, she first auditioned uh, for a play that I was directing years ago, back in I think 2018, or uh, Wait Until Dark that I was doing at a local community theater. And in her audition, she made everybody in the room cry. And it was just like a no brainer, like, all right, you've, you've got the role. And again, this was, <laughs> she was even younger than than she was when we started filming Artifice Girl. Uh, so when the idea of this, of this story kind of came about, we knew we needed a young talent uh, actress. I mean, it was a no-brainer. All right, Tatum Tatum can do it. Like we we had very high expectations, and we knew that she could meet them. We had no idea how well she would exceed them, though. And uh, she she brought such a an intelligence and and uh, nuance to to the character of Cherry. Um, it is still so. I still get I, I'm still uh, just flabbergasted every time I watch the film. And uh, like you said, she takes some really incredible and impressive sharp turns this is a a character that is profoundly difficult to portray and yet she does so uh brilliantly um and and like i said then getting to pair her up with a legend like lance um for the finale uh is i mean that was a dream come true for for a director
0: yeah um were there any horror or sci-fi directors who influenced or were inspirations for you while you were filming this
1: Ooh, that's a great question. I mean, I, 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 as far as horror directors specifically, um, you know, I think, I don't know if you'd consider Denis Villeneuve, uh, a, a, horror director, I guess, uh, Prisoners has, is a thriller. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there was a little bit of, of, uh, David Fincher, um, for, for the tone and the, and the lighting. Um, but honestly, a lot of, uh, a lot of inspiration came from, Kind of classic directors uh, like Fritz Lang, who did Metropolis, uh, and and a little bit of of, of Hitchcock as well. Uh, but yeah, I think there there are a couple sequences that we really wanted to to make the audience kind of wonder, like, wait, is this going to take a left turn into sort of a horror, uh, you know, type of film? There are a few moments that I think really keep the audience like on their toes and they're not sure if this if the story is going to break into something more violent or malicious um and i think that 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 was super important uh you know channeling that kind of horror uh tone uh i think was was really important for for the overall tone of the film
0: yeah and what was it like to direct yourself in the film
1: uh, you know, it was uh, not something that I'm, I, I don't know if I'll do again, uh, but I, 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 that was not uh, the original intention for the character. Uh, that was sort of a decision out of necessity. Uh, again, just as few people on set as possible and uh, uh, for, for various other reasons. But I felt comfortable during the project, though, uh, because I had a lot of trust in my director of photography, who I've worked with on, on uh, so many projects before that. Uh, and, and he's, he's a a visual genius and we had already done all that pre-production process, like I had mentioned. So we knew exactly how we were going to execute the film and do it efficiently. And also I had a lot of faith in uh, my fellow cast members, um, who I'd worked with on other previous projects and knew that if there was anything that I needed help with performance wise, that they were there to, to, to support me. And they did. uh, and I, I couldn't be more grateful for that. So for those reasons, I was comfortable doing it. But like I said, not sure I'd be happy to act in someone else's film but not sure if I'll ever play the lead in <laughs> something that I do ever again.
0: Yeah, that's understandable. Um so I'm so excited for everyone to see this movie. Do you have any uh movies coming up that everyone should be on the lookout for? It's
1: uh you know that's the the sort of the irony is that you spend 3 years working on a film and you're not allowed to talk to people about it, then when the film comes out and you're allowed to talk <laughs> about it you just want to talk about this it, one, but unfortunately I, there's nothing I can, um, that, that I'm really allowed to talk about uh, right now. What I will say, though, uh, is that w- I'm very excited about what's next. And if if anybody out there listening enjoyed The Artifice Girl, uh, then I think e- you'll be very, very excited for, for what's next as well. So uh, I'll leave it at that.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, Everyone should go check out The Artifice Girl and good luck with all of the rest of the press and the premiere of The Artifice Girl.
1: Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: That's it for this week's episode of Who's There. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Franklin Rich, and thanks again to Franklin for coming on. I'll leave links and information about where you can stream the Artifice Girl in the show notes. You can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod or on Instagram at Who's There Podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at who's PC at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and never ask Who's There.